Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the Internet or Daily Zeitgeisters. That's how you start this show, right? Wow, huge. This is Super Producer Anna, and I am joined by Super Producer Becca. Hello, hello. And we are doing an International Women's Day trending episode takeover. Uh Uh-oh. Let's give a moment of silence for all the people who are about to turn this off. Perfect. There we are. We lost the week ones. Oh, feeling good. Yes. Everyone who stayed, you guys are the true champions. And if you stayed, you're about to get the real tea behind Daily Zeitgeist. That's right. This is a Bravo style reunion of the two people who know exactly what's happening. And we're about to tell you everything. Just joking. Could you imagine? (laughs) We just come on here. We destroy the show. Jack comes back. Totally confused why all the tea's out. And we get canceled. So... And that's, you know, just how it goes. So it is Wednesday, March 8th. It is officially International Women's Day. Uh, you know, look, women, we have been here. And women identifying, that's right. Shout out to every person who identifies as a woman in Absolutely. this world. We see you. We are here for you. And we're here to do an entire sort of trending episode about how women deserve more rights than men. That's right. We're not even feminists. We believe women <laughs> deserve feminism. more rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we've moved beyond. We're like, men, catch a cab. Um, <laughs> I love to tell people to catch a cab. Anyway, so, yes, it is Wednesday, March 8th, and we are here to tell you, actually, let's, Becca, should we start with some, like, women's, International Women's Day facts that Absol- you looked up and not I, so I'm going to let you take this <laughs> portion To of be that? quite honest, when I was, like, doing a little Google uh, for the show, I was having trouble finding fun facts. I was like, can we get some ladies facts and truly they were kind of shitty but a couple of them that i found interesting was one the first ever woman's day was observed in the united states on the 28th of february in 1909 in commemoration of the 15,000 women who protested in new york against harsh working conditions more working hours and lesser wages so let's thank those women who were you know in the triangle shirtwaist fires and things like that that were really pushing 
for the first wave feminism rights, but obviously there was a lot of racism in all of that. So let's not give them too much credit. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, oh, super producer Brian, a man. Uh-oh. <laughs> Fighting uh, for women's rights, though. <laughs> yes, he says, shout out Ada Lovelace. He did Ada say Lovelace, off pod sorry. that he was fully in support of um, men not having rights. So, yeah, we did posit a world where we took <laughs> men's like voting rights away for eight years. But then we were also kind of like, wait a second, all the white women who voted for Trump could ruin they that could ruin sort that for of us, so. experience for us. So they'll take away um, the trans rights again. And like, that's yeah. not really what we're going for. So, you know, yeah, no being respect a woman doesn't mean you're always the best person in the room it just means that you uh have been othered yeah <laughs> in your life uh yeah but also you had another fact about how much money women make oh yeah this fact i feel like has not gotten better year after year after year i was trying to find like a cute little graphic couldn't find one but i did finally read the uh census bureau's documentation of our lack of pay as women uh, overall, women earn 82 cents for every dollar a man earns. Hispanic or Latino women, I'm going to say Latina women, uh, earn about 58 cents to the dollar. And black women earn 63 cents for the dollar of every white man earned. So uh, needless to say, pay us more. This is embarrassing that every year we have this argument. They're pay like, oh, my God, let's pay women. And then, like, we get the same statistics every year. It doesn't change. I don't That's understand. right. And you're stats from that came from december 15 2022 yeah like literally this is recent <laughs> it hasn't gotten better oh and i don't know How what those stats feel? are for trans women um oh, and trans yeah. women of color you know they don't have those included because there's you know discrimination and obviously i as much as we're being fun silly little goofs i want to be you know very transparent that Support trans women, support, you know, especially black trans women. It is a really rough time in the hellscape yeah. that is our political landscape for trans folks, uh, especially black trans women are always the most marginalized. So like support all women, including trans women. Yeah. And uh, I guess the biggest thing is don't be a turf. Yeah. Don't be a turf. <laughs> Don't do that. That's a simpler way you know to put what? it. Don't be a turf. <laughs> There's no reason. I, the, the, my biggest struggle in the, like ever is just hearing people who are turfs. And I recently did encounter one that shook me to my core because I did not realize this person would be one. But I was like, why are you so affected by this? I'll never by get a it. a person identifying as a woman. There's no reason for it to affect you in any regard. And you know, that's why we need more media and content in the world about and being created by trans people, because it's Absolutely. like you clearly have this issue with someone because they identify as a woman and you're just like flabbergasted, about you can't wrap your mind around it. Well, have you ever spoken to a trans person? <laughs> have you ever listened to a trans person's story? Have you ever like actually gone out of your way to take in what their life is like or why they are? are identified like you you don't even care which is why you're jumping to this conclusion that like it's this or it's that i don't like it blah, blah, blah. and it's like well what what are you bringing to the table other than negativity and and hate for a human being Absolutely. who's just trying to live their life and survive in their truest like self? identity like, yeah it's like yeah. and it's like that is never easy to do so what like why don't you believe trans women if it is fundamentally more difficult to live your life as a trans woman? You know, like, yeah, it's like, 
there's no reason to not believe in their identity because it is so much easier to just stick with your cis identity if that is what you do or don't identify as, you know? Like, it is so much harder to transition. Whether you do fully transition or not, you still are a woman as that is the way it is. And there's just no reason I, I, I don't see the argument, but I guess the argument that I have heard, I don't identify with this argument, is they feel that trans women encroach on like the inherent suffering that comes with having actual female anatomy. But yeah. I'm like, I, I it's like a threat. And you're yeah. like, it's not a threat. And it's like, how is that a threat to your woman? It actually has nothing. It to has do nothing with you. to do. If anything, I wish <laughs> like, I didn't have these nothing issues to do with you. Yeah. I'm like, if I could not have a period, that'd be lit as shit. Like, I don't want to be on birth control ever again. This shit is evil. <laughs> Get it yeah, out. <laughs> and I think that's the toughest part is like there is this person's experience and choices if they are choosing to transition to be a woman does not make you any less of yeah. a woman. It doesn't make you anything other than another human being who should have empathy for, for that experience, the human struggle. Yeah. To like want to feel whole and like themselves. Absolutely. And to also then be themselves in a public setting without judgment. It's like that has nothing to do with you. Nothing you to do with you. You should also try and live yourself and be comfortable with yourself because clearly you're not comfortable with yourself if you're attacking another person. Absolutely. So, just saying. And a lot of, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about how, you know, a lot of these um, hormones that are necessary for uh, trans people to feel whole, you know, these are hormones were developed for cis people originally. So it's like these arguments that they're making about the medical necessities and like the harmfulness for the bodies. It's just like, all wrong because these hormone replacement therapies and things were developed for cis people with like hormonal issues like thyroid problems or you know dealing with i don't know any other medical issues that would complicate your hormone regularity so it's like these were developed for hetero bodies to begin with so like it's not harmful for trans people to receive the medical care that they desire you know it's like to get top surgery, it's like we we've had mastectomies for so long too, you know, like and that is for health purposes. So it's just so silly that all these medical procedures for trans people to feel safe in their bodies are being limited because of the damages when in reality the science was developed for cis people already. Yeah. Goofy. Yeah, and I feel like as a country we always find a way to other and it's it's really, it's sad. You know, like another story that we're seeing right now is how the right is coming, the right and the conservatives are coming for drag and yeah. drag queens. And it's like, there is no reason to take a very beautiful performance. You know, like it's a performance. These people work so It's a so performance hard. of femininity, for sure. Yeah. Like it's like, and they like, it's it's art. It's literally yeah, art. Like, it's I'm art. sorry, can you go away, go into a back room and come out looking like some of these drag queens, their outfits, their hair, their makeup, they're literally creating new styles of like how to do your makeup. Like they yeah. are breaking barriers and you're sitting here being like, the children, they can't see the drag queens. It's like, what are you talking about? It's so The children crazy. are not being groomed. The children are not here being worried. You guys are putting out all these weird fake videos of drag queens performing for children, which is not the case. It's not real. Yeah. They're not doing that. Drag is a beautiful art form that like takes so much preparation and like also stamina. Like and honey, skill. I, I it's, can't it's perform truly anything. So much skill. Like I love drag. <laughs> I'm a big drag fan. 
I watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I've watched many of the other um, spinoffs. What's the one that um, it's like the horror drag show that was on? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Dragula. Dragula. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Super you. Producer Shout Bay. out. Super Producer Bay. Um, yes. I love Dragula. Dragula is my favorite because I love like the horror uh, aspect of it. But it's like it requires like sewing, gluing, the creativity of designing these things. Like you are designers. Yes. You are seamstresses. You are makeup artists. You are like hairdressers. Like you're designing these wigs to be like absolutely like the skills that a lot of women have come from drag too you know it's like we yes. cross over and learn from drag just as much as we learn from also black women because let's be honest like they're setting the standard and then everyone else is pulling from you know black women so yeah and black trans women too you know it's like and very specifically all comes back down to that so fuck the haters we're here for yeah. women <laughs> fuck the haters uh let these drag queens perform without creating unnecessary misinformation about who they are and what they do as artists so have some respect have some respect for the people who literally create like the baseline of what performance then gets appropriated mm -hmm. so you know open your eyes and also watch drag race it's a great literally show. Well, i love drag race, <laughs> I was watching drag race last show. night <laughs> honestly and if you watch all stars all stars best of the best all right let's actually take a <laughs> let me just talk about all stars for like 45 minutes let's take a quick ad break uh and then we'll be back and we're gonna um you know talk a few more stories that involve women okay <laughs> all right brb this is neil strauss host of the tenderfoot tv true crime podcast to live and die in la I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy 
Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we are back. Guys, Becca pulled another story about the show Wednesday and Jenna Ortega. Would you like to kind of break down what this is? So uh, Jenna Ortega went on Dak Shepard's podcast, Armchair. Armchair Expert. Yeah, yeah. Armchair Expert and kind of. It's just called it. Armchair. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Can you imagine? Like, He's just such armchair. a fool. He's like, my show's called Armchair. Which, by All the right. way, this is off topic, but did you see the image that they took for the Instagram for the show? Dak Shepard looks real odd in that image. Like, he looks like he's got, like, hella eyeliner on or something. It's like, wild. I did not, but I will look it up right now. He as looks you're a little... I'm it. like, why is no one talking about that? Um, I get it. The interview was very insightful. But um, I was really interested in that image being super wild. Uh, but um, Jenna Ortega has been doing a little bit of press. Uh, she was on The Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. And she kind of goes into... What happened on Wednesday set, we had already heard rumors, I feel like the past few months about how kind of inhospitable the set was. Like she was fully performing while having COVID. Like she was very, you know, not very well taken care of. Um, She had to learn so much shit. Like she was learning different languages. She was learning how to, you know, play the cello and like martial arts and fencing and all sorts of things. Um, So the role was really like, wow, that woman is such a badass. Um, but she kind of talks about on armchair expert, how she was pushing these little bit of unprofessional boundaries by like literally changing the script behind writer's backs. And then like using her own lines while she was doing it, because she was just like, I don't understand what they're doing with this character. Like I signed on when I took this project, especially being a Tim Burton project. I thought it was for an adult audience. I did not know it was going to be for a young adult audience. And given the most recent roles she's been taking on, she has been doing way more serious work. So it makes sense that she would have chosen to sign on for the show when it was, you know, pitched to her as geared towards an adult audience versus a young adult audience. Like she has been doing the scream franchises. She's been pushing herself as a scream queen, to be honest. Uh, She's been in quite a few horror movies lately. Uh, Her role on you is also pretty serious, even though that came from a CW, you know, original script. Um, But that show is pretty dark. It's not, for young adult audience by any means if you watched it yeah. um so yeah she was just like as i was reading this they've like turned wednesday into this very two-dimensional character like the storylines don't even make sense like why would she be in a love triangle she's kind of like an asexual human being she was arguing with tim burton about how much emotion should wednesday have because 
I'm assuming Tim Burton didn't want Wednesday to have emotion and kind of right. make her this like wall of a person. But right. Jenna Ortega was like, well, then she has no dimension if she has zero emotion, you know? And if you've watched the, you know, former IP of uh, Adam's family, Wednesday has, I mean, she's a dark, twisted character, kind of like almost Joker-esque where she's like, her mind is just like, um, and she kind of has this like, scary ass smile to her a little bit like a little bit um uncanny valley vibe but she is an emotional character like she chooses to act out in her own justices and she isn't about you know i mean she's about full chaos but she is not about letting like bad people win you know that's like kind of her vibe so kudos to jenna ortega she's really young she's also a brown woman in the industry so for her to like be you know, acting so aggressively uh, while on set, I think it's like such a testament to where Gen Z is at today and how they are really changing the boundaries of like what it means to work in this industry and just like work in general and being able to stand up for themselves. So I'm, I'm a Jenna Ortega fan and I honestly liked the show. I did. So I'm curious what it would have been like had it been what she had envisioned it was going to be because I enjoyed what it was. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. I will say I watched the first episode and I did feel potentially the show was for a younger audience. And so my partner kept watching it, but I did not continue. Yeah. Um, I think because I was like, oh, I don't know if I need to see Wednesday, like in high school or whatever. Yeah. I kind of backed off of it a little. But I am curious if it had gone the way she had originally thought how it would be. And I actually am glad that she decided to risk sort of, you know, changing it up and stepping up and saying something because you know in a lot of cases especially like our era of growing up like when you are a woman of color or even just like a woman in general when you start to like sort of point things out and be like dude what the fuck this should be this way why is this happening can we change this you know the room turns on you sometimes crazy you're just replaced all of a sudden (laughs) you become a bit a lot and i know you guys are like it's a stereotype it's a stereotype to an extent, but also a lot of us have experienced this very clear sort of bias towards women and women of color when we want Speak out. to put ourselves out there and say something because you are automatically labeled a certain way. You're labeled as like, you know, hard to work with, crazy, you know, and I recently was um, I heard a story about someone, you know, a uh, uh, a guy broke up with this girl and I was like, Oh, like, is she okay? Like what happened? And he just immediately was like, well, she was crazy. And I was like, I know this person. Yeah. She's not crazy. Why are you just saying she's crazy? Cause that's like, it's just like almost like a blanket statement to just be like, to dismiss a woman to be like, absolutely. Well, you know, she's crazy. And it's like, mm, and maybe not acknowledge- like a multidimensional person who you could not understand. So you're just dismissing her as crazy. Absolutely. And not acknowledge maybe your role into like what made her feel, you know, difficult to work with or whatever. I know, I don't know. We've talked offline of our experiences with this type of behavior where it's like, we have spoken out in other workplaces and been shafted for it so to speak you know like i've definitely experienced this deeply um so i am very proud of jenna ortega and she i mean her the fruits of her labor paid off the show did really well and it got renewed for a second season and uh it was just recently announced after this interview went out that she is going to be an ep for this next season so oh great good maybe the show will be slightly different or progress in a different way i'm excited to see what she does with it and i'm um, it's nice to see her uh, coming up 
and yeah. getting her roles. And also carving out a path that like in the past was considered almost like a low end acting choice. I'm talking about being a scream queen. Yeah. For a very long time was looked down upon. Yeah. Like people would be like, oh, they're a scream queen. They're not a serious actor. But she's actually really working hard to change that narrative narrative about what it is to be a scream queen or what it is to be a person who particularly likes being in horror films. Yeah. And good for her. Fuck yeah, Jenna. Keep doing you. Yeah. All right, Becca. Now we're at a very important uh, part of the show. This is a spinoff of Anna's Streaming Corner. <laughs> it's uh, Becca and Anna's Movie Theater Corner. It's where we talk about a movie that we both saw in theaters and that we enjoyed. <laughs> we love. And of course, we have to talk about Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yes. Okay. If y'all listened, I covered Magic Mike XXL on the Bechtel cast a few weeks yes. ago. I immediately saw Magic right Mike. Go uh, listen to you, it right now. now. Stop and go listen. No, well, wait and then go listen. Magic Mike Last Dance. Honestly, it blew me out of the water. There was a standing ovation when I went. Like the ladies were screaming in the theater. They were like looking up. Like I went to the bathroom after and there was a bunch of ladies who had seen it uh, in the same theater. And they were like, so yeah, let's like look up a strip club. Like, let's go. Like, can we see Magic Mike? Like they were ready to get horny in public. And I was living. Yeah. How'd you feel, Anna? Yeah. What are your thoughts? I had a very similar experience in the theater. I went with a group of like 10 people, mostly women, two gay men. But, you know, look, <laughs> we don't discriminate. You know, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, we, <laughs> we went and it was a theater filled with mostly women. And let me tell you, you know, and the straggling boyfriend here and there who's just I, I had brought my clown. straggling boyfriend. Yeah. And he was down to clown. He loved it. <laughs> yeah. And so the theater going experience was incredible like the energy in the room <laughs> when Channing Tatum starts dancing <laughs> is electric like it is such a fun movie going experience and I will tell you I saw XXL in theater as well same experience yeah. it was incredible and that energy you don't really find that in theaters and I will say Magic Mike's Last Dance is a plot hole filled <laughs> continuity <laughs> just narrative mess i left such a narrative mess (laughs) okay first of all what was the story there i don't understand what's going on but the dancing was incredible it was like energy i feel like it took a learning from like every movie like it built upon itself it was like it took the critiques of like we want more dancing you know and they were like we're gonna give you more dancing this time because to me magic my xxl not enough dancing um so they were like we're gonna give you more shirtless channing tatum and then they're bringing back the critique from, you know, movie one was like, we want more Channing Tatum. Because I feel like the like first movie, lot dancing, you know, and focus on Channing Tatum. And then the second movie was like more about the friends, not enough dancing. Yeah, and we just the, like, the second one was more of like a road trip movie. Which a it was fun. Romp. Romp. We loved it. Yeah. It was a fun romp. But this one, it was like, we're going to give you like step up vibes. Like we're bringing it back to the roots yeah. of it all. Channing Tatum, step up, hotness, dancing. The wet dance scene was incredible. <laughs> which fun. Um, I have some fun insight on that. Which, yes, yes, I agree. It was. It was almost also like the the making, uh, like an origin story of like what the Magic Mike live show is. Yes. In Vegas. Yeah. Um, but okay, so that there's, and I guess this is a spoiler. spoiler. I mean, you should have known which, the second we said Magic Mike last dance. Full of spoilers. Sorry. Spoiler. I mean, spoiler. Here's the thing, we can't spoil too much because there's not really any plot. Yeah, there's but, no- <laughs> We can't like give you like real plot spoilers because that would that would need to include a plot. So, uh, <laughs> but what we're going to tell you is that there is a dance sequence that it was, it's almost like a 
like a, a sexy in the water sort of like it's a dance that tells a story about a relationship. It's kind of right? confusing why it comes up based on the like if you're watching the movie and they're doing the last dance, like the the final the the act of the show that they have built over months in London. You're like, this doesn't go in the show, but we got to no, have a wet no Channing sense. Tatum scene. So exactly because <laughs> the whole time Channing's like he does a big dance sequence at the top and then the rest he's like, I'm not dancing in the show. I'm not dancing in the show. And Salma Hayek's like, you gotta dance. I don't know. <laughs> and then in the end, he's like, wait a second. I'm gonna do the sexiest dance possible. So he does the dance with a ballerina. And this ballerina, her name is Kylie Shea. She is a real ballerina. She's a choreographer. She's great at what she does. She did a very similar dance sequence with Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And it's that episode where he goes and does the dance. It's the same thing. It's in water. It's a very similar dance. It's a performance art piece, and he's doing it for his father. I don't know if you guys saw that episode. Yeah. Hilarious episode. It's the same woman the same- <laughs> from that dance sequence, and they got her to come and do Magic Mike's Last Dance. And I was, when I learned this on Twitter, I was having a I field was day. so happy. I was like, yes, it's her. Because I, in the theater, who I was sitting next to, my friend Allie Turnpin goes, doesn't this remind you of the <laughs> Always Sunny episode? And I go, yeah, it does. That's so funny. Yeah, he did do something like this. Turns out same woman it because was. you know what? She knows art. She knows <laughs> okay. art and she knows comedy. And you know what? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it was a romp. Like I said in the episode of the Bechdel cast, it's like you watch Channing Tatum and you're like, this is a movie star. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yes. he's not the most talented actor for sure. But that's not why we go see him. We see him because no. he's hot and we see him because he's <laughs> fucking charming as shit. And you're like, yeah. wow, you're watching it. You're like, God, I want to date him. Like, he's so himbo, you know? He's just like, yes. he's so Big fun. Himbo. He's so beautiful. He's going to make you laugh. He's going to grind on you and it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> like his his body is going to gyrate in a way that you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're literally going to be confounded by the way his body is gyrating. The, and that's that all you could ever want. And that's all you want. What was crazy <laughs> to me about the movie <laughs> was... It was so jarring the way that they try to set it up because like you have this like British voice narrating the whole movie and you're like, what is this like? I'll tell you. This deterrent of path from these other two <laughs> That movies. is a choice they made and I'm assuming because I actually haven't read this. That is a choice they made after the fact when they watched this movie and said, like, no one no understands, plot. there's no plot. So we're going to give a, a narration to the daughter of Salma Hayek Who's a writer? What's she's happening. like writing a book. She's writing a novel. She's in high school. Whatever. Uh, she's got daddy. She's rich and, and adopted issues. and has daddy yeah. and mommy issues. And is hates her parents for being like rich people who, who fight are divorcing? And, question mark. They saw my high yeah. like actively sleeping with Channing Tatum, but she's like, but we're like not together. Like me and my husband, like we're not together. Like we have an open marriage. And then he's like, I'm leaving you. And she's like, <gasps> what? And he's like, and I'm shutting down your sexy man dancing. <laughs> Yeah, not clear what's happening there. <laughs> but actually. again, plot holes galore. So anyway, so they add this like narration by a young girl to like, I guess, try and tie the pieces. Let me tell you, the narration is so irrelevant to what's going on. It's also so out of place. Like, you're like, yeah. what? We're like what? what is she talking about? The whole time I kept being like, I'm sorry, what is she talking about? <laughs> anyway, so that's the movie. Look, it is what it is. But great time let me it was it was literally time. i want to go back and see it i have not like literally had time to go back and see it but i want to go see it again like it is the most fun i've had seeing a movie in a long time like same i will say everything everywhere all at once was one of the most impactful movies i've ever seen mm-hmm. like i watched it and i was like oh my god i'm literally moved i'm 
emotionally like exhausted. I'm never going to be able to feel my feelings as deeply as I've ever felt today. But if we're talking fun, this is the most fun I've had in a movie. Like I truly was like sitting there like tee-hee-heeing. I was clapping. I was like, oh my God, Channing Tatum fucked Sama Hayek. Yes, we needed that because there was not enough sex in the last movie. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, Yeah, they, they really gave you sex. They gave you sexiness. They gave you dancing. They gave you Channing Tatum fun. They gave you Channing Tatum in real love. And it actually like, it like made sense and it didn't make sense because like like we said, there's no plot. But like it made way more sense than it ever did in the first movie. Because like the first movie, I feel like they just like shoehorned in this like love plot at the end. But this movie, you're like, okay, you built the movie around these two people kind of like falling in love as they work together and fun. Right. So you understood it and felt relieved by the end. That it Thanks happened. to Gen Z. And I am giving Gen Z this credit. <laughs> There is no gratuitous sex scene in this movie. No. It's very much like they're like, oh, I'm dancing. I'm dancing. And then cut to in bed together. Yeah, we fucked. And I was like, OK, thank you. Yeah. I didn't need to see them fuck. No, I, I and I do know it's it's because Gen Z doesn't really need. They don't like gratuitous sex scenes and they're changing the game, baby. Absolutely. They're like HBO. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't know HBO, I don't know. that's just like i remember as a child always being like there's a lot of titties on hbo and my dad being like yeah just don't look i mean no that is true like i mean euphoria is like a whole other beast of like oh my god like why am i seeing a bunch of these well te- in theory teenage the dicks of it all. yeah that's it's, the it's like of it all. but we don't I, need to get into the eleventh of it all and then even in the first movie i feel like there was like some gratuitous like um, yeah, but nudity. that was early. Yeah, that was a, that movie was in the two thousand. When did that one drop? It was. Victor, it was you, in. You like, know all the Magic Mike dates. Yes, it, it was. Don't let us know. Um, gosh, two thousand twelve. Told you, Victor knew. Twenty twelve, <laughs> Victor knew. Victor always knows. Yeah, it was two thousand twelve. Like that one, because I mean that movie was just like really gritty. You were kind of like, what is going on? Like they very much evolved from that grittiness to being like this. Well, is that rock. one was low budget. Yeah. It was low budget. It was very much giving Florida. It was giving like underbelly yes, vibe. Um, but it's like they showed a lot of tits. In my opinion, if you're going to be that gritty of a movie, you needed to show more dick too. Sorry. It needs to be equal representation. This is feminism. Yeah. Um, I want more dick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but by the end, I felt like this movie was tasteful and it was fun. Like the way they played off of like it was giving you sexiness, but it wasn't giving you like okay, this is going to get weird seeing this with anybody, you know? You could just yeah, enjoy it. Definitely. Yeah. It was a, I got to say again, a fun romp. And I want to go see it again. And your boyfriends will enjoy it. I'm sorry. Or maybe they won't, but mine did. He was like, yeah. That, he literally, like, I was on the phone with him yesterday and he was like, Becca, that was such a good movie. Like, he was like, reflect, like, he went back and watched Magic Mike XXL and the should. first Magic Mike and then listened to my podcast because he's a supportive king. And he was just like, those are good movies. <laughs> they are good movies. He was like, these are good movies. These are fucking good movies. And we stand. Well, I'll, we'll say number one, that's a good movie. Number two, <laughs> fabulous movie. Number three, great movie, no plot. So you no know what? You take plot. it for what it is. <laughs> but that's what's fun, too, because sometimes shit is just so serious. And you're like, I just want to, like, turn off my brain, but not feel like. like yes gross that I turn off my brain like sometimes I feel with reality tv like I'm like oh I've just like internalized like so much misogyny on screen of these men yeah. gaslighting these women in their bikinis at the beach <laughs> you know yeah and you can feel a little bit better because Channing Tatum 
he's like, I, even in the second movie, he has this like really weird line where um, she's like, yeah, if like he was talking to Amber Rose and she's talking about God and he was like, wow, your God's not a woman. And I was like, honestly, that was even before Ari Grande's song came out. So like we stand a king. God is a woman. We stand a God is woman king. Um, all right, guys. And, you know, I'm going to end this right now and say tonight I'm going to go see Magic Mike live because I'm in Vegas for work. Hell and I figure, yes. you know what? Let me just uh, convince Joelle Monique to go to the show. Please. So we're fucking doing it. OK, so we will report back uh, about, about the. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear it. I'm jealous. And, the, and more importantly, the choreography. <laughs> of course, we must focus on the art that is the choreography of these the men. Choreography. OK, and I will. Uh, yeah, I'll report back. But yeah, guys, that has been today's trending episode for International Women's Day, Wednesday, March 8th. Hey, guys, go hug a woman. <laughs> well, okay, with, consent, with consent, with consent. <laughs> or, you know, give your significant other or even just a friend, a woman or a woman identifying person $30, uh, $20 bill. Give them yeah, a 20, I would literally $20 say bill. buy a woman dinner and expect nothing yeah. from them. It, it, yeah. Pure reparations. Give just them be money. Respectful. Be respectful. Give them flowers. Give them dinner give them wine and then leave them the fuck alone like literally yeah. don't talk to them and then expect fucking nothing expect All nothing right, guys. <laughs> that's been the episode we hope you enjoyed it have a great uh wednesday i know Jax has about a lot of stuff at the end of this i can't remember any of it so <laughs> let's be just kind to yourself Jackson be kind it. to others don't do nothing about white supremacy there and we'll go. catch you tomorrow <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, yes. And tomorrow's schedule, we will return to normal. Sorry, we missed some episodes. Look, we're not perfect. Things happen. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, it's Jack was at Magic Mike. That's why the episode didn't get recorded. You didn't hear from me. Okay. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.